to encourage an upstander. An upstander is a child that witnesses bullying, but they are there to do something about it. They will go tell an adult. They will go, hey, don't mess with him like that. That's the upstander, which is opposite of the bystander, who is the one with the cell phone recording and loading it up to TikTok or Instagram. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community and beyond. Joining me today is anti-bullying expert, Dr. Glenda Brown. She's going to tell us her five top tips on how parents can help kids if they are being bullied. She is also the author of Gap Tooth Smile Girl. Welcome, Dr. G. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. I am so glad to have you being, this being uh, October is National Bullying Prevention Month. It sounds like that's your full-time job, what you do around bullying. With being an educator, and now I am in a middle school, well, you know, it is an everyday practice. I've had the opportunity to run the gambit. I've been an educator in higher ed. I've been in elementary schools, and right now my position is in the middle school. I loved what you said in the beginning is that During COVID, bullying was down. And now with everyone going back to school, you want parents to be ready. So let's start with that. Yes. Actually, one thing that I'd like to share is if if your child's being bullied, I think a formidable force is the school district office. Your principal would be the first person, the counselor as well at your school, and then the district office if it goes to that level. But That partnership is phenomenal. I couldn't say much more about that that's letting you know how uh, intense that is. Because if there's an issue in the classroom, we we can kind of take care of it with the counselor. If it has to escalate further, we go to the vice principal or the principal. Uh, It may need, and it really depends upon how intense the bullying is. If it's a criminal matter, it goes beyond the school district. But if that partnership is already uh, tight in the beginning of the school year, even before anything should happen, because you, you ought to have a good relationship with your, your principal, is your pal, as I was taught when I was younger. You ought to have that relationship that's really tight anyway for the child. The child will be the beneficiary, of course. So when there is an incident of this sort, your principal knows your child they know your behave, their behavior. They know that you are a participatory parent. And I think it just goes over better than you just coming up cold. Someone's bothering my child. And then now you have to get all the background information before we can launch forward. I think that's great as well. Parents also need to know what are the bullying laws for that school district and that school. They need to know what's bullying, what bullying is not. And I, I always talk about this topic with my students. For instance, if two different people have an argument, differing sides, differing opinions, that's certainly okay, even if it's heated. That's not bullying. If another child puts a back, has their backpack in the middle of the school hour and their desk is behind this child and they come into class, another child comes into class and trips over it, Well, if it's not intentional, it is not bullying. So we have to distinguish what is bullying, what bullying is not, and know the the laws of your school. So you'll be well-equipped as a parent 
to when you go before the district or the vice principal or the principal exactly what to say and what not to say or is it a bullying incident at all those types of things need to be kind of teased out beforehand I think also parents really need to know there's some parents that do and I applaud them but some don't know the social media sites that their children are on they have to I mean I know the students, the children do not want their parents to know what they're doing on online. But that has to happen. Grab that phone every two or three days. Let them, the children should already let you know what the passwords are. I mean, you're paying the bill <laughs> for this cell phone. They ought to be able to at will go into that child's phone and see what they're doing on TikTok. See what they're doing on Instagram, on their Facebook page. We can stop a lot of problems ahead of time if we just kind of just walk alongside with them on a regular basis. And perhaps some of these bullying matters will cease if they start it or not start at all. Also, I just wanted to recommend if at all your child is bullied, there's a whole piece about that. Remain very, very calm when they come to you and, and tell you about an incident. The first thing we want to do as parents and lovers of our child is what happened? Who did what? And you, you kind of want to go at them, right? Because that's your baby. But we've got to remain calm because if not, if our if we get into our feelings and emotions, we won't be able to uh, have a good response. Our child will see it. They'll get rived up as well. And we won't get we won't get a full story as as it should be. And of course, with any story, there's always two sides of the story. <laughs> so uh, you get your, trial, your child's perspective, of course, but you want to lean into the school counselor if they've been connected with, and if not, you need to connect with them. Also with the vice principal, and if it has to escalate, then to the principal. And a couple things have come up for me. Number one is I remember back in the days because my kids didn't have cell phones. I remember parents saying, well, I can't go in my kid's room. I, you know, like you said, I pay the bills. I'm going to know what's going on. So would you say the same when it comes to cell phones and pads and things like that? Oh, absolutely. I don't know what TV show it was, but I remember years ago, there was an episode of a, a sitcom in which there were trust issues, was to say that. And the parent took the door off the hinges. Okay, so they couldn't have any privacy. So, I mean, this is old school, but I think what happens is some of our children are parenting themselves. I'm not saying to be mean to them. I'm not saying to be abrasive to them, but it's for their own safety. There are so many bad folks out there and they uh, just look for people that are unassuming and are not very crafty and they pry on these people, our babies. That's right. To get information and the kids feed into it. They, they come online posing themselves as a young person. And our, our children don't know that. So we have to be there to protect them. So yes, please, please get their cell phones <laughs> every so often and check in, check in for sure. I like what you said about knowing the people in administration, the principal, the vice principal. And recently I work with a lot of single moms and recently, one mom, her daughter, who is overweight, a beautiful singer, nobody knows that, but she's overweight, and kids were bullying her online, basically saying, go ahead and kill yourself. 
And oh. she did go to the school and the school basically said, there's nothing we can do because oh, yeah. even though it was school kids, it was online. How should she have proceeded with that? There are organizations, national organizations, stopbullying.org. Those types of organizations will help you. They will assist. That's what they do, not just for National Bullying Prevention Month, all year, 365 days of the year. I would tap into, they have resources for not only for for the parents, but also for the adolescents, the teenagers, the, the young children. So I would highly recommend if you're not getting any traction at your school, that you take a, a step higher because we, we can't have that. There's so many suicides because of bullying. We're trying to stop it before it gets to that point. And how do we do that? We have to find the resources. I'm saying, yes, go to your school, be uh, really up in the office and knowing the secretary, making friends. So you can, when you need to see a principal, she will say, oh, that's that's Mrs. Brown. <laughs> She's She's here to see you. She's always on point and always here and advocating for her child. But if that is not your school district, I truly understand. It's not the the only one. There are many like that, unfortunately. But take it to a level. Take it to another level. Don't stop. Advocate for your child. Advocate for your grandchild. Because there are a lot of grandparents and guardians who are are serving in this role. That's so good because I think... An older generation is if they're going to go to the school and the and the teachers and the principals say no, they they think of them as the authority and not that we shouldn't. But if they don't believe us, I I like what you said, vet it out, make sure it is what it is. I love what you say. Boost your child's confidence, even from the earliest stages of understanding I think that's sometimes where the disconnect can come in. I can give a personal experience. Uh, in my book, Gap to Smile Girl. Love <laughs> it. There. That was my issue because I was bullied as a young child. Like it started in the fifth grade. I, I left a school where it was very nurturing. My neighborhood folks were there, the school kids. My relatives were there. It was very nurturing. However, my parents thought that it would be a better idea if we went to school across town, my sisters and I, because there were more resources there to help us to get a better education. Well, when we got over there, the children, they were all Caucasian students. Mm. And, and I came from an area where they were all African-American students. I didn't care. I was excited. These were new kids, new teachers, new experiences. But because the children had never experienced African-American children at all, a darker skin color, woolly hair, they teased me. Mm-hmm. They talked about the way I talked because I, I came from a different part of town. So apparently I had some type of dialect or the way I spoke was not what they were used to hearing, the way I talked. They talked about the hair like I was talking about and they talked about my clothes. And it was horrifying. I don't blame the children. It was something new for them. And they had no idea. And we're talking about back in the 60s where there weren't a lot of African-Americans on TV. So an African-American child walks up into a classroom where the kids have never seen one in person. That's the big deal. And they did not know how to react. Fast forward, because you have to get the book to hear about more of the story. Yes. But towards the end of the book, Tamcat's mother, and that's the main character, Tamcat, she recommended her, that she go to a girls' club. And at the girls' club, she came into her own. The counselors helped her 
with self-esteem issues. They helped her discover her giftedness and it was writing. She found out that she was a great writer by one day the, the girls, it was a girls club, they went to an event, an African event where there were African drummers outside and the kids were spellbound, of course I was too. And what we had to do was write about the event. I'm like, oh, wow. So I said, okay. So I started writing and my, my hand just kept going. I kept writing. And so much showing, this is an absolutely true story. Once the mentors and counselors saw my rendition of what I saw, they said, well, this kid can really write. And the local newspaper, one of the no local news newspapers got a hold of this essay and they wanted to publish it and allow me and they asked me to be a columnist for kids. So I say all this to say, <laughs> find out what your child is interested in. Keep exposing them to something different. Sports, music, uh, uh, spoken word, anything and everything, swimming, expose them because we won't know where their giftedness lies if we don't give them opportunity, right? So I was grateful that my mom did that because I, who, who knew? I, did, I didn't know that I could, I, I like writing. And for me, it was a way of expressing myself. So uh, my point here is once again, find out where your child is gifted, find out what they like to do. And when you get them busy in that, their confidence levels will booster for sure. That's so good because if they're insecure, then they're gonna respond different to bullying than if they are pretty secure. Is that? Absolutely. I am funny you should say that, Laurie, because though I remember a young girl and I'm going to call her name because this has been many, many years ago, but her name was Kia Reynolds and they used to bully her too, but her confidence level was so high that it did not bother her. Mm. I remember her. Wow. So when your confidence levels are high, to your point, definitely, definitely, it makes a big difference in who will actually become a victim. You said something very key. You had a relationship with your son. So therefore, you knew he was not acting like his usual. Mm -hmm. So that has to happen first. Unfortunately, some children are raising children. They're raising themselves. You have parents working two, maybe sometimes three jobs and is a single parent household. So you might have a 12-year-old acting as the dad for the six and the, and the three-year-old. So there's not a, a, a situation there where they can build a relationship because mom or dad, they're, they're humping, they're trying to work and put food on the table. So again, I think that's why these boys and girls clubs are so important. I know it's COVID. But if you can get to a point where, where if it's something that is maybe within the school, I saw something in my school feed uh, email about Boy Scouts starting up. If there are any types of clubs, cheerleading, any cup football, if to get the child involved in something where they can act as a surrogate guardian for your child, because we, we get it, you know, there are a lot of single parents and we want to support them. And so let's find other ways of doing that. Give them the support and the, and the hand up that they need. Maybe a local church has a youth group. I know there are certain students that get picked up in the afternoons. A church bus comes to the school and they give the children after school programming and they do choir. 
So there are things, I think it's more about just looking for the resources within your area. You may be surprised to find out that there are things for your child to do. As I do this show, I learn about more and more things in our community. And I have talked to many people that have have mentoring programs in Redding, California. My daughter, actually, Jenna, has a program called Catalyst because Redding has a ton of foster kids. Sacramento put everybody, all the homeless people on a bus, sent them to Redding. So they started a mentoring program. And when COVID hit, the parents said, no Zoom. So they Uh had to get a building and have all of the social distancing. But it has been a lifesaver, according to the parents. And then here in Seattle, there's a thing called Z Girls to help girls with their confidence. Well, when COVID hit, they went on Zoom and now it's a national program. I do a lot of work with single moms and I feel like they want to do it all themselves. They think they have to and they don't want to be judged. So sometimes it's hard to ask for help. There's big brother, big sister for willing to number one, ask. And if you don't have the money, be willing to ask for resources. I love that. And something you were saying about you felt like helping kids, like you could help them because you could relate and you wrote the book. How is it that you tie all of this in with your students? There's always an incident. There's always a time where you can, a mentoring moment, if you will, (laughs) uh, especially with middle schoolers, you can imagine. Um, There's always a time. Uh, For instance, uh, in the book, we talk about uh, Tamcat rocking her invisible tiara. And I love that line because there are times where, well, first of all, I let children know that they're, they're that they're worthy. They're, they are important, even if their parents haven't told them that, that they, they have a giftedness that they, that the world can't do without. We need you. And mm-hmm. so because of these things, uh, this should make you feel much more confident. You are royal, you're royalty, you are young kings and you're princesses. And what do royalty oftentimes wear? They wear crowns. Mm. And so it's not like you can run home and get a tiara or a crown when you're in a situation when someone's talking about you. If someone is uh, making you feel very bad, someone's calling you out of your name, if they are keeping you outside of their circle, what you should do is put on your invisible tiara you're always wearing it. So we're not even going to say put it on because it should always be adorned by you. You have to hold your head up high so your crown or tiara never falls. Now, if you will bow down, that means your invisible tiara or crown will fall off. So we confidence builders like those types of things we'd like to share. And we have a t-shirt that we have that we give youngsters as well to rock their invisible crowns and rock their invisible tiaras. I'm in an area where there are a lot of children who have not been told anything positive about themselves. And you can tell by the way they look. I think when when I get to my, and I'm I'm doing an anti-bullying campaign at my school. And when I get to that part of telling telling the students about their royalty, the eyes are all on me. Like they have never heard that before. That type of look. Not like I know that I am, that really I am. Mm-hmm. That thing, that thing. And so every time that I see one, I, a child walking down the hall and I did the presentation to their classroom, are you holding up your teeth? I don't see your balance. Your, your, your face is not right. Get it up. 
Mm -hmm. rock it. So when you say you have an anti-bullying campaign, does this go through the month of October or all year? How does that work? Well, my principal loved the idea that I am presenting at the middle school, but it has spilled over to the elementary school and we're going throughout the school district. So I think it's going to go beyond October (laughs) for the middle school. Each class is 75 minutes and I go to each class two times. And it's an interactive curriculum because think about it. We've got a lot of hormones moving around with our middle schoolers. They can't just sit down and listen to me. Yep, yep, yep. So it's interactive. We have fun games uh, and we're all learning. I'm a type of educator that if we're not having fun at the same time as we're learning, we're not getting it in. (laughs) So we all, even if I'm teaching adults, I've always had to make it fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're doing an interactive uh, curriculum and it's all built around bullying prevention and kindness. And uh, specifically on October 20th, we're doing a school walk saluting Unity Day. We're excited about that too. So that's 600 some of my students I'll be leading around for this walk. I love that. My sister is a teacher and I told her I've got an interview with a anti-bullying teacher, doctor, I said, I'm really excited. I said, but what really bothers me is that I see that there are a lot of parents that are bullies. And I go, maybe we need to start with the parents. And my sister in her wisdom said, this is the next generation. We start with them. So they will be the parents that don't bully. I put a thumbs up for both of you ladies. Yes, there are adults that bully for sure. They see that someone that's very quiet or to themselves or solemn, and you know, they, they dig into them. We see it at work. That thing is still happening. And also, I love what, what was said about young people. We're, we're building a new generation, our, our lawyers, our doctors, our biologists of the future. Let's instill in them while they're young enough to, to absorb it. So I, I get it on both ends. Yeah. I am a recovery coach. I work with women uh, coming out of drugs and alcohol. I'm nice. a trainer, so I train coaches. And what I love is when we start setting the foundation, we talk about when you're treated like an object, when you're Ooh. treated like a, a recipient, or when you're yes. treated like a, a resource. Ooh. And how so often when we're treated like an object, we're actually being bullied. We just don't recognize it because we do what we have to do. Yes. And when we're treated like a recipient where it's sort of like shut up and take it or beggars can't be choosers. But when we're seen for our resourcefulness, which I see, hear you saying with our crown, with what we have to bring to the table, that shifts everything. That's where both sides feel empowered. Yes. Absolutely empowered and other people will now have to take a back seat that don't like that. And that's a reality that we need to share with not only adults, but with children too. When they stand for their rights, everybody's not going to like that, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. And they're okay. If you don't encourage them in this space where they're embracing their worthiness, they'll go back to where they were before because that's more comfortable. So we have to do a better job of encouraging them. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. A parent goes to the administration because their kid's getting bullied. Mm -hmm. In my mind, to me, that's like the ultimate danger because now they're going to get treated even worse because it's... Mm. So how how does that work? I advocate for if after 
the parent has gone to administration or to the principal and the child is still being bullied, it's of my opinion that I would take my child out of that environment. It may mean moving that child out of that class, the seventh grade class, the second grade class, what have you. Or I would do that first. I wouldn't go as drastic as taking them out of the, that school, but I would start with the class. Oftentimes that might change things up for them. We never want to put our kids in harm's way. Mm-hmm. And, we, and they're there to learn. And mm-hmm. they can't learn if, if they're emotional, emotionally being wounded on a regular basis. Yeah. So I would try switching classrooms. I, and that has happened to a, a student of, of mine recently. They changed the atmosphere for him. Uh, because the, the the other atmosphere, the initial was was um, was just toxic. It was not good for him. So they changed him to a different team on the seventh grade. So I would try taking them out the classroom, and then if it really is really bad, uh, possibly consider taking them out of that school, but not without counsel. I would still talk with the school counselor and get their perspective, because uh, you always want to have enough ammunition and options before making any choices, especially drastic ones. You don't want to just up and do it. And, and to your point, once again, a formidable force, the, the parent or, or guardian in your school, your school administration. That, and once again, I reiterate, if, it's, if you make that relationship and connection during the beginning of the school year when you have their open house, they will know your name. They will know you know mean business mm-hmm. when there is an issue mm-hmm. with your child. They'll know you mean business. That's so good. And so what I also hear you saying is, number one, advocate for your child, have a team, you know, make sure you're all working together, empower them. And, you know, I think about single moms, how it can be so overwhelming. And sometimes as a single parent, you just want it to go away. Face it head on reach out for the help that you can get because you're not an island. You know, we're never expected to be superwoman. Even if you're married with kids, it can still be very overwhelming. Look at it, face it, and get the resources. Find the help. Be willing to ask and receive. Ask and receive. I couldn't have said it any clearer. Exactly. And I'm glad you repeated that once again because there are people that want to help you. (laughs) But you're not giving them the opportunity. We often don't know. We don't even know what's available in our community. Like I said, doing this job, I'm finding out these amazing things. Do you have a website? It is gaptoothsmilegirl.com. Gaptoothsmilegirl.com. For you, it, it taught you to embrace who you were, and it's now helping other kids to become confident and find their thing? Absolutely. And I don't want it to be like me, which I had to become an adult and go through years of counseling because of the hurts. You know, if if they're not addressed, as you well know, in in what you do with the coaching, if if those things aren't addressed when you're at that point in time, you carry them with you into Mm -hmm. every relationship that you have. And so uh, I'm so grateful to have gotten the counseling. And when I received it, I'm like, I don't want any other, other child to go through what I went through. Let's give them the tools right now. Also, to your point, speaking about different organizations being available, how about COVID wasn't all that bad? Because so much has happened with groups, like you spoke about, expanding across the nation, across the world because of Zoom. 
mm-hmm. because of Skype. And so now organizations have blossomed. And because of that, some things can be done from home. You don't even have to go. So that's the goodness that has come out of this pandemic. One thing you said, and this is something that when my sister and I were talking this morning, when I hear about bullying, I just get mad. And I keep hearing you say kindness. And so can you talk about that? How can we begin to look at bullying with kindness rather than that reactive anger, even if it's not affecting us, even if we're just hearing about our friend's kid or something? Yes, kindness. A small act goes a long way. When people are in the McDonald's line drive through they not only pay for their breakfast, their coffee, but they pay for the person in back of them. You're at Walmart, not the, not the Walmart where the doors open automatically, <laughs> the ones that you have to open. How about open and hold the door for someone? Mm-hmm. How about that instead of being angry uh, with the slow clerk because, clerk because she's slow in your market line, how about being kind and, and saying, oh, have you been on the job? long and she may he may say no I'm new encourage them because it's hard (laughs) it's hard to be in front of the public and and work retail I've seen this done as well and everybody can't do this but just imagine how you can bless someone they're in line in the market they're getting their groceries and I've seen people pay for their groceries the person in back of them I've seen it happen yeah so kindness it, it can be small just doing something, you know, for kids, you see them struggling down the hallway, helping them with their lunch pail. I mean, these really small kids have these gigantic backpacks. <laughs> and they're walking down the hall, the backpack is bigger than them. Helping them, opening the door for them, asking them if they're okay, if they feel or look sad some, you know, one day, because, you know, you see these kids on a regular basis, you know, if a friend in your classroom or just someone in your classroom, they may not be a friend, but hey, hey dude, are you okay? Just asking how people feel. So it doesn't have to it require money to be kind, but it does require you to be intentional about recognizing that somebody may be in need or just to make someone someone's day a little bit happier. I love that being intentional. And you may have kids around you that aren't getting that from home. I know when I was raising my kids, my my house was the place they came and there were kids that weren't getting that home for whatever reason, not always neglect, but seeing those kids that naturally are kind. And then maybe if it's not your nature, watch and try it. If you have a kid that is nice, but wouldn't think to say something, helping them see, say something, don't just let it slip by. So again, intentional, that's really awesome. Good, good. And I bet your house was the place to go. Well, it was. <laughs> we didn't have a lot, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. But the, but the kid, when kids see love. Oh, my gosh. When they see that love is put into a meal, mm-hmm. how you treat one another, how the, the parents treat the children. I mean, that's very, very attractive, especially, when the... when, as you say, when you when the children are getting it at their own homes. Yeah. And I always tried to work a job where I had similar hours. But one thing I always did And then later I did it when I ran a day center for homeless women. When any kid came in my door, I always said, I'm glad you're here. And sometimes they would look at me like weirdo. But later in life, kids have told me, you always said that. And I was intentional about it because 
I wanted them to know I was glad they were there. So, well, our time is running out, but what would you say would be the most important thing you want to leave with people as we sign off? As we sign off, I just want folks to know that there are resources out there wherever you are with this situation. If your child is a bully, <laughs> you may not want to admit it, but some of your kids, you, you know their personalities. If your child is the bully, if they are the victim, and to encourage an upstander. An upstander is a child that witnesses bullying, but they are there to do something about it. They will go tell an adult. They will go, hey, don't mess with him like that. Uh, that's the upstander, which is opposite of the bystander, who is the one with the cell phone recording and loading it up to TikTok or Instagram, to just go on a site, pacer.org, stopbullying.org. Go on these websites to get the resources that you need. That's what I'd like to leave because I don't want them to think that the conversation has stopped. It continues on. And this topic is 365 days of the year, and I want them to be informed. Tell us the name of your website again. Sure. GapToothSmileGirl.com. And it's also a book. Can you get it on Amazon and, and your website? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is it uh, like more for children? Is it a children's book or is it for adults? I am so glad you mentioned that because good story with this. I have a friend that's a director of a library. And she expressed to me, there are some adults that can't read past third grade. And so a book like yours is not only going to be for the children, it's going to be for the adults too. I say that. And I also say the message, the message, message is becoming victorious over being bullied. You can be two, five or 85. <laughs> so the message will resonate with any age group and the idea that some adults don't read on an adult level, unfortunately, it will be easy reading for them as well. I love that. And like you said, we focus on bullying with kids, but it happens at work. It happens with adults. And as we become more empowered, that's going to stop. Exactly. The, this next generation comes into work. They're going to be like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I do not think so. No, ma'am. No, sir. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, exactly. thank you so much. I have just enjoyed this and keep up the good work and people can reach you on your website. And I will put a link to that and your book and the two other organizations that you mentioned. Let's do this again. Yeah. Oh, I listen. I thank you for all that you do as well. You do great work. Thank Lives you. are turned around because of you caring, because of you doing what you do. So thank you as well. Well, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. I sure hope you've learned something new. And join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are really making a difference.